0: Can be seated this morning. Good to see you in God's house. Amen. Amen. I don't know. I don't know if there's a little bit of a holiday hangover. If we're trying to shake off the turkey a little bit. I, but you know what? It's good to be in God's house. Give the Lord praise to honor His name. As so we close out this uh, holiday weekend, this Thanksgiving. Weekend, I can see Santa Claus off in the distance there. He's, he's starting to get close. Amen. amen. We, all, we love Santa Claus, but we wish he'd just give us a little bit of room, amen, amen to get it all done. We've got to fit a lot into a little, amen. which reminds me of Thanksgiving. I had to fit a lot into a little, amen, but the Lord helped us, does He not? Amen. amen. Good to see you here this morning. Appreciate you coming out. I want to take the opportunity to welcome those who are listening to us today on our audio service line. God bless you. We miss you. Hope to see you soon. Those that are in the house, I trust you had a wonderful holiday. I the Lord was good to you. You got a good food. Got with some family and good friends, and maybe got a good nap in. Amen. If you. Yes, I mean the older I get, the more I, I just look forward to those moments of tranquility. Just that window where I don't have to be anywhere, I don't have to do anything. I can just, just sit back and just let it just let it all just melt away. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But you know, the holiday only lasts for a short time. Reality comes back in on upon us, and we're just going to trust God to give us a good Christmas season, and uh, uh, hopefully get this uh, year behind us, and move on to bigger and better things. Amen. Appreciate your support, those of you that have been giving so faithfully, whether it's here in person, or whether it's by mail, or those of you going to the website, to give there at lhcogfl.org, we appreciate it. It's been challenging. A lot of uh, a lot of people going through some difficult times, but God is faithful, and I know He blesses the faithfulness of His people. So thank you so much. We're so boastful of you and uh, the Lord that your faithfulness exceeds anything I've ever seen in the church. The generosity of God's people is a true blessing. And we want to keep this ministry going. We want to keep sharing this gospel, this precious gospel. For for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is the power of God unto salvation. And we want to keep being able to share it and share it from this place, this building. And uh, give people a place where they can go to to hear about the hope, that is in Jesus. So thank you for being part of that. I want to give you a reading this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. May God's blessing accompany the reading of His Word. Let's pray together today. Father, we thank You for the Word of God. We thank you for its inspiration, your Holy Spirit moving in the hearts and minds of your prophets and apostles, communicating to them the very words, the very thoughts that they were to put down to pass, not only to the generation of their day, but to all generations. We thank you for its preservation. Many have opposed, many have attempted to corrupt or to destroy this word, but you have preserved it so that we have it today, even now, Lord, to open, to read, to hear the heart and mind of the Spirit of God. We thank you for the translation into our own language, that we can read it in the tongue, that we can understand. We pray for supernatural insight and revelation and discernment. We pray every heart and mind would be prepared to receive the seed of the Word of God. You'll help the one who ministers today. You know His Weakness and limitations, God. Let your anointing flow freely, clearly, without reservation, God. Let the Word take root. Let it bear fruit. We ask it in Jesus' name. The church agrees. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about the ministry of reconciliation. I was thinking all the things that I am thankful for. This week, you know how you do that uh, little list of all those blessings it's so easy isn't it so easy to forget Amen. the blessings the benefits of God's goodness, his love, his mercy, even just the littlest littlest things the feel of the, the wind or the sun or the, the sound of rain or just you know the little the things that we take so much for granted but I was trying to be Thorough this week and make sure that I didn't miss too much. You know, if I were to ask you for a list of complaints, we could probably, probably spend the rest of the hour this morning filling such a list. Could we not? We, 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 we seem to have a lot to complain about. We seem to have a lot that uh, that concerns us. But if I were to ask for the blessings, I think we we would uh, we would maybe have a little bit more difficulty. We sometimes seem to focus a lot more on what we don't like than what we do. But you know what? I think there's a real power today in an attitude of gratitude. I think we can, we can really not only transform our own hearts and minds, but we can transform the world around us. A thankful person, a grateful person can make a, a real impact on people around them, especially in the hour that we live in today. Amen. And when I was thinking about what it meant to be grateful, I really, and as much as I appreciate all of the little blessings, there's one, there's one blessing of all others, is there not? There's one thing above everything else from which all other blessings flow, and that is to be a child of God. And I'm not going to say that lightly. I'm not going to say that just as the, to, to provoke a response. I, I really gave thought, uh, set my mind on what a privilege, what a blessing, what an honor it is to be reconciled with God. To not have any of my sins, none of my weaknesses, none of my faults, none of the rebellious things about me counted against me. I tell you what, if God wanted to take note of all of my weaknesses, He could easily fill up a book or two with me. But He has overlooked those things. He has put those things to the side that He might call me His own Son, that He might uh, have changed. This word reconcile means to change one's attitude towards, to to change one's mind towards. When, When we are reconciled, we move from one state a state of antagonism, a state of conflict, a state of confrontation. We know all about that today, do we not? We are in the midst of a, of a very agitated state in our country right now where conflict and confrontation and disagreement and division seems to have the upper hand. We have an attitude in, in many respects and, and even within the church itself that uh, there are two sides or three sides or however many sides you want, and, and one side cannot have any fellowship with the other. But thanks be unto God this morning who has changed His attitude towards us through His Son, Jesus Christ, the God who had every reason, every cause, every justification to regard us as enemies while we were yet truly enemies of God, has changed His mind toward us and has chosen to provide for us an opportunity of reconciliation with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. When I think about this ministry of reconciliation, my heart overflows with gratitude. For what could we have done? What could I have done if God had decided differently if He had decided to hold all of, my, 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 my thing, all of the things that He could have held against me, if He had decided to hold them against me, what could I have done? What defense lawyer could I have hired? What Supreme Court could I have appealed to? What jury would have heard my case if the God of the universe had decreed and declared me to be His enemy? I would have been utterly without hope. I would have been totally lost. I would have been one that would have been fit only for the trash heap, only for the dung pile. But God in His mercy, but God in His grace chose to see me a different way. Now I'm building towards something here, but I do not want to overlook this. We have a lot of say in how we choose to see things. We have a lot of say. We have a lot of control over over our attitudes toward others and towards the world at large. We can choose to focus on the negatives. We can choose to focus on all of the faults and qualities that we disagree or dislike. We can choose to look at others through a a lens of of finding everything, every little thing that we want to be wrong with them. But let us consider this. If God had looked at us the way we look at some, if God had looked at us the way we regard those of a different opinion or of a different background or of a different ethnicity or of of a different way, What misery, what loss, what utter destruction would have been our lot in life. But God, choosing to look at the world not as it was, not as it is, but as it can be and as it will be, through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ uh, chose to look upon us with favor and mercy and grace. And for that this morning, I give thanks above everything else, even over above my own personal salvation, which is certainly number two on my list. But my own personal salvation would not have even been possible if God had not chosen to change the way that He looked at me in this world. Because He looked upon me with love and with favor. He was willing to send His Son, His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise be to God. We take this salvation thing too lightly. We take even the very fact that God is even willing to consider reconciliation too lightly. For the gods of this world would not be so generous. You cross the gods of this world today and you are on their enemies list forever and ever. You vote for the wrong party and you never ever can be redeemed. You go to the wrong place or, 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 or espouse the wrong opinion and you are condemned in perpetuity forever and ever. If God, if our God was like the gods of this world, we would all be lost. But God looking upon our ignorance, looking upon our weakened state, our frail condition, looking upon the fact that we did not even know what we were doing chose to be merciful and chose to be gracious. Even the very offer of salvation, even the very offer of peace with God is an act of incredible generosity and mercy whether we take advantage of it or not. God has extended that offer to us and I pray this morning each one of us has taken advantage. Each one of us has received that offer of pardon that offer of righteousness that offer of peace with God and has taken advantage but no today even if we have there are billions upon billions around the world who have not and yet God in his mercy does not consume them God in his grace does not condemn them yet the door somebody praise God the door is still open God's ear and face are still inclined favorably to in this life to those who are alive in this world. Those you consider unredeemable. Those you consider who are so far to the right or so far to the left that there's no bringing them back. Our God has committed unto us the very ministry of reconciling them back to their Creator. Notice all of this is, is couched I don't know if you caught this or not. Normally when people preach in this area, they do not include the 17th verse. But for me, that is everything. Because Paul puts this all in the context of a new creation that God is bringing about. If you know the creation story, you know that God saw everything was good. Amen. We see... All of that. God took the, this, uh, this formless, uh, uh, this, this empty, this, this chaotic void. And I tell you what, if you want to see some chaos, turn on your nightly news. Amen. There's some chaos going in this world today. He took that chaos and He imposed order. And He imposed righteousness. And He imposed light. And He imposed goodness by the power of His Word. He took, I don't even know how to explain it adequately. He took elements and bonded them together with nothing more than his thoughts and his words. The strongest powers of, of creation. We, we marvel at the splitting of the atom, we marvel at the, the incredible energies and powers that are contained, wrapped so tightly together in the most infinitesimally small elements of creation. And here is our God. He just took them and just bound them together with the power of His Word to bring order, to bring light, to bring goodness into existence. And when He was done, when He looked over it all, He looked at the man and the woman He created and He gave them a mandate. He created this perfect little Garden of Eden. We know that story where every fruit-bearing tree existed, where everything grew of its own accord, where righteousness and peace, a temple, a holy dwelling place, where God could come in the cool of the day and fellowship with His creation, And he said, I want you to take this, these conditions, and I want you to extend them throughout all of my creation. I want you to go forth and subdue the earth and and bring everything that I've shown you, how I've shown you how things can be. I've shown you the what the world is capable of being. I've shown you what nature is capable of the nature that I have created is capable of producing. We can have a world without conflict, a world without hunger, a world without any, any detriment or any decay at all, if you will simply take what I've given you and build on it and spread it throughout the whole world. Mankind did not understand and did not complete that task. And so the world, what, fell into decay and fell into disrepair. But here, Paul says, a new creation has begun. A new creation has begun in Christ Jesus. Mark these words, if any man, woman, or child is in Christ, they are now part of God's new creative order. Old things, the old ways, the old systems, all of the philosophies and all of the policies and all of the politics and and all of the economics and all of the things that are part of this present darkness are passing away. A new creative order has been created. And we are part of it. And like Adam and Eve of old, we have been given a mandate to take what God has done in our lives to take what God has done for us and extend it outward to every neighbor, to every friend, to every coworker, to everyone we come across. God wants us to take the perfect conditions in which He has created the new creation and make them a reality in the lives of the broken and the beaten and the brutalized, to make them a reality in the lives of those who are far off, To us has been committed the ministry of reconciliation. And if you don't know this yet, you should know it today. This world is in desperate need of reconcilers. This world, if there's any ministry opportunity for the church of the living God today, it is this, to be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ and of the kingdom of heaven and bring the reconciling work of God to life. Black and white, male and female, Jew and Greek, poor and rich, all need to be reconciled. Not only to one another, absolutely. Well, there's a great need, is there not? Can we not see this need today? Look at the conditions of Lighthouse Church of God this morning. I'm not here to boast, but look at what God is doing and what God has done taking people of different, what the world calls races. That's a fallacy, but I'm not gonna, we're just going to use the term because it's a term people recognize. There's only one race. There's only one kind of human being. But the world divides us up, makes us look browns and blacks and whites and yellows and all this foolishness and all this nonsense. But if you look around you today, this is what the kingdom of God is going to be. And God is saying, I want you to take these conditions if we can worship together in harmony, if we can fellowship together in harmony, if we can love each other in spite of our differences. Come on. There's Democrats here. There's Republicans here. There's a few independents here. There might be a libertarian or two. I don't know if there's a Green Party person here, but if they are, they're welcome. Amen. You're welcome as you are. What God wants this church to be is an emblem, a standard, a city set on a hill that says we don't have to let the divisions and the corruptions of this world turn us against one another. We can be reconcilers. We can be, oh hallelujah, thank you Jesus, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. You don't even understand that term. Jesus came as the Son of God to make peace. And when we make peace, when we reconcile others to one another and most importantly to God, we are most like Jesus. This ministry of reconciliation is the greatest opportunity we have for revival. Amen? How many of you are praying for revival? How many of you pray for revival? I hope you pray for it daily. God's got to touch His church. Understand the difference. Revival is a church thing. God's people have to be revived if we're going to have, be of any use, of any hope to the lost and the dying. Amen. Our, evan, our, our, our evangelistic success depends on our own revivals.
1: The greater we are revived,
0: the greater evangelists and the greater ambassadors for Christ that we will be. But when we allow the weakness and the the difficulty and the trial and the hardship that make us lose sight of this ministry that God has given us. Oh God, if the church cannot excel at this, there is no hope for the world. We are the hope of the world. If we can't get on the same page and be reconciled to one another, then there can be no real effect communication of the gospel this ministry of reconciliation it is paramount it ought to be our highest priority above anything else we are called not to choose a side but to bring all the sides together under the authority and in submission to the glory of the risen Christ Paul oh, puts all of this ministry in the context of the new creation. Our agenda is the same as the agenda of Adam and Eve to be fruitful, to multiply, to go into this earth. What did Jesus? Jesus echoed it himself. He echoed it in his great commission Go ye into all the world. Same command. What we told you to do at the beginning. Oh, I'll tell you something there's something about God. We keep waiting for God to change His mind. We keep waiting for God to come up with a new plan. Listen, God, this Adam and Eve approach didn't work. We've got to try something different. This be the model and be the example and extend the grace and the glory of the kingdom into the world. This didn't work. You've got to do something else. God said, no, I'm God. Once I've set something in motion, it must be completed. And so we hear it echoed again and again. Jesus saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. This ministry of reconciliation is not one we can do sitting idle in our pews or sitting quietly in our homes. The world may have compelled us to cover up and mask up, but we cannot stop preaching this gospel of Jesus Christ. Because without it, there cannot be any reconciliation. No man or woman or child can be reconciled to God except through the person of Jesus Christ. The ministry of reconciliation, to those who have that ministry, is committed the word of reconciliation, Paul says in verse 19. What is the word of reconciliation? It is the gospel. The gospel is the word of reconciliation. I was reading the other day, and I'm not one who gets too caught up in this stuff. But certain things catch my eye, and I, 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 I hesitate. I'm so tired of it all that I even hesitate. But because it's still part of our daily life, I think it's appropriate, you know, sometimes to to acknowledge it. The 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 one who apparently is going to be our new president says, "This is going to be a." an administration of inclusion, that he's going to try to bring people together again. And I admire the sentiment. Don't misunderstand me. I admire the sentiment. The Pope himself just recently uh, issued an ecumenical call. I don't know if you even know what that is, but basically he's calling on all the world's religions to come together to to solve the, the, the issues of the day. And, and I can, yeah, I'm a little nervous about that, but I can at least admire the, the intentions. All right? I can. I can admire the intentions of the President-elect. I can admire the intentions of the Pope. They've got the right idea. They're just going about it the wrong way. There's only one message, one word that can truly bring peace and hope and reconciliation to all people. And it is the message of the cross of Christ. Everything else is destined to fail. No matter how well-intentioned it may be, good intentions or not, if we do not bring to the world the message, the word of what God has done for the world in Christ Jesus. My God you would think this would be a message that would be welcomed and celebrated. And indeed, in some places it has been. Go to some places where people are suffering and, and at a disadvantage, and they're on the outs, and they're, they're, they're not part of the ruling elite, and they're, they're not part of a, the power structures of this world. They're, they're the forgotten ones. Go to them with the hope of Jesus Christ, and you almost always get a very positive response. They love to hear the idea that while their, their, their own government may be against them and while the, the, the corporate powers may be against them and while the, while they, the, 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 the military junta that's ruling the nation might be, have their foot on the neck, but the God of heaven is favorable toward them. Oh, what a message we have to offer. To tell people God's not angry with you and God doesn't hate you and God is not looking to throw you into an eternal hell. The God of heaven has looked favorably upon your estate and upon your condition and has commu- sent me to communicate terms of peace and reconciliation with Him. Oh, what a mess. We don't even understand the power that these words can have in the ears of some. Some who are utterly convinced that just as society is against them and just as the political structures are against them, so also must be God. But God is not against them and we've got to let them know. The message of the cross is the message of a God who loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son. The message of the cross is that while we were yet with enmity with God, while we were still His enemies, While we were still uh, cursing him and spitting on him and, and disregarding him, he was working for our reconciliation. The message we have is that God is not interested in imputing your trespasses against you, He's not looking to catch you, He's not looking to get you to declare you guilty. He is looking for every possible way and reason that He can to justify you. Oh, look unto God, you ends of the earth, and be saved. This word of reconciliation is the word of the cross. It's not a political message. It's not an economic message. It's not a message of racial or or class uh, uh, warfare. It's not a message of of philosophy or, or higher education. It is a message that is for every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth from the oldest to the youngest and everyone in between. God has sent His Son to reconcile you. God is in Christ reconciling the world. God is in Christ not imputing your trespasses against you. God is in Christ inviting you, begging you, pleading with you, to become part of His new creative work. What a hope. What a message. Sit down for a moment and just consider the beauty of the Gospel. The beauty in its simplicity. Right? Think about what they come to us with For solutions to daily problems, they come with lists and checklists. Books have to be written, and there's a 12-step, and a 15-step, and a 37-step program. I was, uh, you know, the the, the basketball uh, teams had to go play in Orlando over the summer because of the coronavirus, and they had a book of, of how they had to conduct themselves to uh, be eligible to even play. You know, the, the quarantine procedures and the sanitation procedures and who could come in. They called it a bubble. And who could come in, who could come out. It was a book, I, I don't even know how many hundreds of pages. My God, if you had to, if you had to follow 117 different prescriptions to be reconciled to God, who could be reconciled? If you had to follow 613 laws, like the Old Testament, or 616, because one's repeated three times. Amen. You know which one's repeated three times? There's only one law in the Old Testament repeated three times. You shall not seize the kid in the mother's milk. I don't even eat goat, so I don't have to worry about it. But apparently that was a big deal. Imagine, imagine if you sat down to eat your goat curry, or your goat soup, or your goat shish kebabs, or your goat meatloaf. I don't know how how many different ways can you make goat. You had to sit down and you had to eat your goat goat pie. You took a bite out of it and somebody ran out and said, "No, wait a minute! Wait a minute!" We spilled a drop of milk when we were making it. Don't eat it. Well, it's too late. You didn't swallow that guy. That poor goat's history. And that's it. You blew it. 613 commands. And across, and because you ate the goat with the drop of his mother's milk on it, the whole thing is done. People don't even understand the beauty of the simplicity of this gospel. Yes. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Yes. You and your whole house. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead. And you will, not may, not shall, not someday, not if everything else works out right, but you will be saved. Yes.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: You don't have to go preach them a 50-minute sermon. You don't have to give him 17 books of commentary. You just got to tell them, confess Jesus is Lord. Believe God has raised him from the dead. And everything else gets wiped out by the mercy and grace of our God. What a powerful message we have. The message of reconciliation is unlike anything you will hear anywhere from anybody. If any man preaches to you any other gospel, let them be accursed. Anybody comes to you with a list of this and a list of that, let them be accursed. Let them be anathema. Let them be cast from the kingdom of God. Because this message of hope and peace can be reduced to a simple concept. Confess and believe. Know who Christ is. Trust in Him. And all your sins will not be imputed against you. We don't even understand the prevailing grace of God. Hallelujah. Got to check the time. I'm getting... We got, we got, a, we got a faulty clock in the back right now, so I'm a little lost. But I think, I've got about, I think I've got about 10 minutes here, so let me try to get to the means of reconciliation. We talk about the ministry. We talked about the message. He tells us the means. How can God afford to offer this? How can they afford to offer this? How can heaven afford to put this offer to people? How is it even possible? Now, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't no Hitler or Obama or Osama bin Laden or I wasn't nobody like that. I didn't go around murdering millions of people, thousands of people. But I was not in any way good. My sins, they might have been little sins, but they're still sins. My my faults, they may not have been world-shaking faults, but they were still sufficient to disqualify me. There was enough wrong with me to disqualify me for heaven Pretty much from the get-go. Yeah, As soon as I was old enough to know what wrong was, I wanted to do it. Amen. I'm sure the same way. Tell a child no. See what happens. As soon as, as, soon as a child's old enough to understand the concept, good, bad, right, wrong, what does their nature pull them towards? Do what's wrong. Don't touch that. Oop. Don't touch that. Oop. All the way to get them to stop touching it is to tell them, "Oh, go ahead and touch it." Oh, well, if it's okay for me to touch it, I don't want to anymore. Amen. That's the nature we're born with. That's who we are. That's us and our. If you're lucky, you had parents that beat it out of you, or, or, or at least scared you enough to where you didn't. But you didn't. You 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 were reformed. You were not transformed. Come on, the nature was still there. You just. You had enough, enough times with the belt or enough times with the switch or enough times with no dinner or enough times with getting your, you know, being locked in your room where you finally figured I better act like I know what's right and wrong even though hey, man, we, we're capable of reform. Some of us can make a life out of it. But put us under any kind of stress. Put us under any kind of distress. Apply the pressure. What comes out first? What comes out? That self. That ego. How could God even afford? I can understand maybe one or two. There's probably been a handful of people. They said, Noah was a good man. God found Abraham to be mostly faithful, although he had a little problem telling the truth at times. I don't know if there was any fault ever found with Job. Daniel was considered a very righteous man. There's There's a handful over the years. You can almost make the argument, okay, I see that. I, but I'm no Job, I'm no Daniel, no Abraham, no Moses, no David. It's not me. How can God do this? How can God find it in His heart to call you and I His sons and daughters and treat us like we're righteous and hold nothing against us? What is the means of this reconciliation? Verse 21. Tells us, tells us how God did it. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Don't misunderstand that. Christ was never sinful. His own nature was perfect. His own character unblemished. He was the spotless limb of God. Without spot, without blemish. But God took our sin and imputed it, that means charged it, against Christ. And then he took the righteousness that was in Christ, and he applied it to you and I. I don't have time to discuss with you all the legal and all of the the doctrinal ramifications of that doctrine We can cover that in a Bible study one night. The most important thing for you to understand is this. When God looks at you, He sees the righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. He looks upon you as He looks upon Him. And if you know anything about how a father looks upon the Son of His love, you know that He'll find no fault in the Son of His love. He'll find no fault And the one who embodies all of the Father's hopes and all of the Father's plans and all of the Father's purpose. The ministry of reconciliation, the message of reconciliation, and the means of reconciliation is the hope of this world. And for this purpose you and I have been called to be reconcilers, to let the world see what Christ, what God has done in Christ through us. And that's why when we choose sides and when we become part of the chaos and part of the divisions and part of the corruptions, we lose that privileged position. We lose that privileged position. The moment we can be identified with anyone but Christ. I know I'm on some dangerous ground here. But I believe I stand solidly on the Word of God. If I am a new creation, if the old things have passed away, if the old way of who I was and what I was and what I was all about. All of that's been swept away by the blood of Christ. And I have come forth new. I am to identify only as a Christian. Only as a follower of Jesus Christ. Only and exclusively as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, I can take no sides in worldly conflict. No, 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 Pastor, no, you got that wrong. We got to choose. We got to uphold this one. And Listen, I'm just going by what the Word says. Absolutely, we should uphold the values of the kingdom of God wherever we see them reflected. We see the values of the kingdom of God reflected in something, we should absolutely uphold it. But the mistake we make is we think Well, let me rephrase that. Let me come back to it. I really want the Holy Spirit to help me say this right. Because sometimes these things come out and they get misunderstood. In upholding the values and principles of the kingdom we represent, we are often tempted to cut a corner or make a deal a tit-for-tat, an exchange. This this is not left or right. This is human nature. It's equal, equal in every respect. But the moment we do that, we lose the integrity and the credibility because now we are no longer exclusively identified with the kingdom of Christ. But now the kingdom of Christ has been subsumed and subdued under some other agenda. And when we do that, oh God, we risk everyone who does not support that agenda to reject the gospel we preach. Because to them it is not the gospel of heaven any longer. But it is now merely the political or propaganda arm of some earthly endeavor thank you Holy Spirit for helping me say that I hope that came out clear we have the ministry of reconciliation we have a world that's divided what ought we to be about we have the message of reconciliation we have a world that's listening to every philosophy in the world building their lives on sand what ought we to be saying We have the means of reconciliation. The one who took all the sins of all the world upon himself. What ought we to be doing? I give God thanks. Because he was favorable in his attitude towards me. Because he looked at me through the image of his son Jesus Christ. Saw in me a righteousness not even of my own declared me righteous and appointed me a minister of reconciliation to a world that is still suffering the effects of the chaos of sin. Let's stand together this morning. I truly do give thanks. This has been such a beautiful week. Such a beautiful week. Just to stop with all the complaining and all the talking about everything that's wrong in the world, and just to focus on what God is so gracious and so good in providing for us on a daily basis. What a blessing that is. What a blessing that is. But it's not enough just to do it for a week. It's not enough just to do it for a holiday. We have been committed a message. We have been commissioned to take that message forth. We have been called to be agents of reconciliation. between every, who, who are we to reconcile? Everyone. Be reconciled to God, Paul says. That is our message. You're on the left, be reconciled to God. You're on the right, be reconciled to God. You have stuff, be reconciled to God. You don't have anything, be reconciled to God. Come on. It's a message for everybody. Oh, thank God. He leaves none of us out. Amen. He leaves none of us out. I like that point he made earlier. Didn't read it earlier in the chapter. But he said, in defending his message, he said, I reckon that if one died for all, then all are dead. Shataraboko, sitaraboko, God, this world is dead. This world is dead. They died. They didn't even know it, but they died at the cross of Christ because the cross is the death of sin and the soul that sins shall surely die. Oh, God, help us to realize that we are arguing and fighting and tearing each other apart over dead things, over rust and over dust when we have been given this living commission of a new world, of a new creation, of a new garden, of a new place, and a new people that we should be leading the world towards. God, help us. Open our hearts and minds. Clarify in us this ambassadorship that we have been appointed to. That the one who became sin for us let the One who died for us, let His righteousness live in us, let His glory shine through us, that all may see, that all may hear, that all may believe. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us come this morning and give thanks for our reconciliation to God. How merciful, how gracious, how kind, God has been to us to even let us draw near, to even give us the opportunity. Hallelujah. What a blessing it is. My God. He could have written us off. He could have said, not worthy, don't bother. He could have said, you're on your own. Figure it out. But thank God for His kind, favorable attitude toward us, the God who reconciles, the God who sues for peace, praise be to His glorious name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through the body of Christ, through His suffering on the cross, through the stripes upon His back, through the crown of thorns on His flesh, To the nails that pierced his hands and his feet. To the sword that pierced his side. The hairs plucked out of his face. Slapped, beaten, spit upon, mocked. His suffering. His suffering is our salvation. His bruises absorbed all our iniquities. His wounds cleanse all our transgressions. And by His stripes, we are healed. Amen. Take and eat. Be made whole in Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the living God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood, Lord. Thank you for the life you gave. Thank you for the sins that have been forgiven. Thank you for the nature that has been transformed. Thank You for born again, for justified and sanctified, filled with Your Holy Spirit. Thank You, Lord. Father God, we bless this cup this morning in the precious name of the One whose blood it represents. Let every sin know the cure of the blood of Christ. Let every soul that is stained know the cleansing power of the blood of Christ. Let everyone who is in bondage today, God, know the redeeming price has been paid. The debts are canceled. The trespasses have been forgiven. Oh God, we pray today that the power of the blood of Christ would cover us, cover our hearts, cover our minds, cover our families, cover our homes. Let the blood of Christ be life, be hope, be peace, be joy in every heart and mind today. We give thanks for this cup, and we bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Take and drink. Let the life of Christ be renewed in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Bless the living God, praise His holy name. Hallelujah. We give thanks to you, God, for there is none like you. Amen, and amen, and amen. God bless you, and enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. We'll see you shortly. This has been a production of the Lighthouse Church of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. You are welcome to join us for service every Sunday at 1030 a.m. For more information or to support our ministry, visit our website at www.lhcogfl.org. Or if you're in the Broward County area, we would love for you to visit our church located at 1890 Southwest 31st Avenue, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33312. God bless you. Until next time, this is the Lighthouse Church of God, lighting the way through the storms of life.